0: Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode uh, of the Arch Radio podcast. As some of you uh, may have seen on social media, I decided to have like a calling show. Um, I mean, technically, I'm going to be calling people, but. Um, I asked people to send me their phone numbers because I want to get the stories out about all the stuff that's happening right now um, out in the community, out in pharmacies and hospitals and health systems and um, because it's crazy. And I just feel like, um, you know, there's some face there's a there's a this this idea actually came from a Facebook group uh, that's online that um, is has gained a lot of traction, which is uh, titled the let me make sure I get the exact title of this group so I don't mess it up. It's a it's uh long here. So everything on this episode is going to be completely live. I'm trying to do as minimal editing as possible. Um, I'm going to be calling people that are live. Uh, When I do call them, you know, it's going to be kind of off the cuff, them picking up the phone and just kind of talking about their stories. So um, I hope you guys enjoy the the format and platform that this is happening on. So that pharmacy group where I kind of got this idea to do this is called the Pharmacy Staff for COVID-19 Support. Um, it has over 10,000 current people in that group just kind of sharing their stories. And I thought, why not do that in a podcast form? So that's what I'm doing here. So people have sent in their phone numbers through DM. I'm trying to keep this as anonymous as possible. I don't want to specifically name companies or people or anything like that. I just want to get the stories out about what's happening. So I'm going to go ahead and make the first phone call to the first guest. Uh, Today is Sunday, March 22nd. It's currently 2.04 p.m. Eastern, Um, and I'm going to try to get this posted as soon as possible so it can be as relevant to the times um, as possible. So let's see who our first caller is going to be here. Give me one second. I should have like some sort of music to play in the background as like we wait while I dial a number on my phone. Hello. Hey, this is Richard with RX Radio. How's it going? Hey, good. Thank you so much for sending your number to uh, give your story. You are actually the first caller that I'm calling to get your story out, and uh, okay. I'm really excited to hear about what's going on. Um, I'm, again, I'm trying to keep this as anonymous as possible, so uh, you don't have to like introduce yourself or tell us who you're working for. I just want to really jump into the type of pharmacy and and hear kind of what your thoughts are, stories and concerns.
1: Okay. Um, so I'm an independent owner of two pharmacies in central Texas. Um, we're a County of about 16,000 plus people. Um, the closest hospital is the next County over about 45 minutes away. Um, so man, I don't even know where to go from that. I think people are not particularly, um, paying attention or really maybe even understanding exactly what's going on with COVID-19. And you mean the general um, public,
0: like people in your pharmacies are seeing?
1: Yes, absolutely. We actually closed the doors to the pharmacy on Wednesday. Um, and so we are, we do not have a drive-through. We are doing curbside or delivery only. Um, we were we had been doing delivery previously. Um, but so now we're either bringing it out to the car or taking it to their homes. Um and it's just I, I just don't feel like that the 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 public truly understands the magnitude of what's coming. Um, they're not staying home. Um, so I, that that's very frustrating, you know, as an owner and um, and a pharmacist trying to figure out how to protect my staff um, my teams to keep them protected, to make sure that they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. Um, I was talking with my pharmacist at my other store this morning. If one of us goes down, you know, we have backup pharmacists that come in and work for us, but not necessarily long-term. Um, so, you know, those are concerns that if one of us were to go down, how would we, how would we take care of our customers? Um, and those are very real things that we have to be concerned about. Um, you know, we've put, measures into place. We're cleaning very often. We're, you know, we're, we're gloving, we're doing the things that we need to do, but we don't have extensive supplies of PPE either. Um, I've been paying attention to this whole thing. I mean, probably, I mean, since January, a little bit more in February, um, I put a post up in February telling people February 25th, as a matter of fact, like you might start looking at your medications to kind of make sure that you have, you know supplies on hand things that you need um we tried to push it out there when we saw that you know you're gonna need a thermometer you're gonna need you want to have some Tylenol on hand some of those types of things tried to get ahead of that Mm -hmm. and people just weren't you know paying attention we're still getting phone calls you know do you have hand sanitizer or do you have masks i mean those have been gone for they've been gone for a month now um so I, cause they were in short supply kind of to begin with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, I mean, they, they there is nothing to be found. I actually just ordered hand sanitizer for my pharmacies from an independent um, in Austin that I saw. It may have been on your page, actually, that I saw the post. I don't remember where I saw it. And so I contacted them and bought hand sanitizer from them because our supply that we put back you know, a month ago is running low. Wow. Um, so, you know, just trying to do what we can do to keep our people safe and to keep our public safe and to get the word out. Yeah. And, um, I, I, that, that's the frustrating part is I just, I don't know if people aren't watching the same news I am or if they just don't think that it's going to affect us to that extent. Um,
0: and especially in a place uh, like where you guys live, because, you know, you hear about what's going on in New York, and I live in South Florida, where we have mm-hmm. a, a legitimate, you know, population of people that are, are being are testing positive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you think it's because they're in, in a city that's not as large as, um, as some of these other ones? And then also, is there is are you noticing it with a certain, you know, age group that is maybe taking it more seriously than others or, or vice versa?
1: Uh, the age group question, I'll take that one first. I don't really see an age group that I feel like, um, is taking it more serious than others. We've had certainly some much older people, you know, get out, come to the doors. You know, when we've asked people to stay in their cars to do the social distancing, you know, I just, it. I don't know if they're just not understanding it. I don't know. So the age thing, I don't see that. The population, I do think that that has to do with it. We are fairly rural. Um, and I think that, I think that in some stretch of the imagination, they think it's just not going to come here. We do not have, as far as I know, um, as of yesterday, I have not seen, I haven't looked at the website for today, but as of yesterday, we do not have a positive case in our county yet. Um, but the cases are rising drastically around us. So it's coming, it just hasn't hit your, here yet, or actually it's probably here and we just don't know of a positive case yet. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and especially with testing being as limited as it is, you know, clearly that is, you know, hampering, uh, I, I guess those rates of, um, the positive testing, um, for sure. So, um, I, I do, I, I think that it's, you know, we're just in the middle of the country and we think that we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but when everybody's out running around and doing everything like they're doing it normally you know, just not thinking of the fact of who all they've been in contact with and who all they've been in contact with. And, you know, so
0: can, can you um, help us uh, get a better understanding as to w- what your curbside logistics are like? Because there might be some pharmacies that have not gone to this yet and don't have a drive through. And this is this is going to be their only option in the near future. Can you give some insights or, or some details as sure. to what works, what was not working, what you guys had to kind of do to to get this going?
1: So we made the decision on Tuesday that that's what we were going to do. And we, you know, I put out um, a Facebook post and a and a video, you know, uh, that and we asked people to share that. So we wanted to get the word out as best we could. Um, we locked the doors so everybody is locked in and we lock it every single time we walk out. So um, that we're very um, adamant about that. We are asking people to stay in their cars. We, um, the very first day was really bumpy and we just, you know, it it still feel like it's bumpy. It's so out of the norm, but we're asking people whenever they call that they give us their, their credit card information. If they're paying via credit card, um, if they're paying cash, we want to know exactly the amount of cash because I don't want my staff running out there to find out they have a 20 to run back, change to run back out there. That makes sense. I keep, I keep telling my staff, we limit contact. They're like, I'll just run out and ask them. And I'm like, no, we limit contact. We limit contact. So we, we are asking for exact. I need to know exactly how much you're giving me because we are putting it in the bag. So all they're doing is walking out and I'm taking a 20 from you and I'm handing you the bag with the change. And that's all that's ex- kind of, that's the whole exchange. Um, we, Um, hadn't been the first couple of days wearing gloves. I've seen people wearing gloves a lot. And my thought was if you're not changing them between every person, what good is that? Mm -hmm. Um, so what we did institute is we are going to glove with money. If you're, if we're exchanging cash money or if you're bringing, which I don't have a clue why people are still bringing hard copy prescriptions, but they are, (laughs) you know, um, if you're bringing us a hard copy prescription, we are going to glove to to take that from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also instituted, we're, I mean, and I'm sure most pharmacies are cleaning the counters regularly. We had been, after every customer, cleaning the counters. Clearly, customers aren't coming in, so that's not the case. But we still are cleaning those, those counters pretty regularly, um, and especially whenever a hard copy comes in. We kind of stop what we're doing, you know, fill that and then go clean everything. Everybody washes hands. Try to really drop down on that on what we're touching, um, to be honest. So cash, you know, checks, any of that. kind. Of, if we're if we're exchanging stuff like that, then we're going to we're going to wear gloves. Mm-hmm. We don't have N95 masks. We have just a few of the. I guess, the surgical masks. And we talked about that, trying to figure out, you know, for the most part, we're staying away. Um, but um, actually, I, my niece and, and you've probably seen it. A lot of people are pitching in and making those fabric masks. Yeah, it's better than nothing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's better than nothing. So I put a Facebook post out and was like, hey, we'll take some of those. We'd be happy to take some of those. My thought is we'll just wear them and then wash them. Um, I've also seen a post that I thought was very good and I don't, this could have been yours as well. I've seen so much stuff out there about people changing clothes kind of away from their homes, not dragging their clothes through the house. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to institute that. I mean, I'm going to do that here at my own home where I'm going to you know, take them off and throw them in the washer and not you know, drag that stuff through my home.
0: Yeah. I um, heard of a lot of, uh, especially people that work at the ER. I've heard uh, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. physicians and nurses have to do that as well, where they kind of, kind of de-robe like a, in a, gr- in like their garage or just or uh-huh. you know right outside their car in terms of taking off the external layers, um, uh-huh. bef- and not dragging that into the house or immediately putting it into a washer and washing it. So, right. Um,
1: yeah. Tough. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think that we are having to, you know, retail pharmacists are having to do these kinds of things or think like this. But I, I do believe this is exactly where we're at. I, I just, I mean, I don't I can't speak for your area. We just haven't seen it yet. Like I'm seeing on the TV, like it is in New York. I yeah. mean, or Nashville. I saw a post how a hospital in Nashville is converted to part of a parking garage. You know, I mean, I, I think that people just don't really believe that that's ever going to be the case here. And, um, I, I don't know, it's frustrating, um, to think that we're so kind of, I I don't checked out or I don't know what the word would be even. Yeah. Um,
0: even, even down here. I mean, we, we've had a, uh, and, and this is something that is like, is, is like what you just mentioned, you know, w- what you're not seeing, I have a, a Facebook post that I, that was just um, sent to me by a physician at a Larkin Community Hospital. This is in Palm Springs um, mm-hmm. in Hialeah, which is an area down here in South Florida. And the title is like Urgent Call for Help. Like that's like how he starts off his post. And um, I'm reading this verbatim. It says, based on the results of our drive through testing for the first day. And this was, um, you know, within the last 24 hours. He says, based on the th- results of our drive through testing for the first day, we are seeing a significant amount of viral infection. After reviewing their recent contacts, they can independently confirm that there's concrete evidence of community spread here in our community, and mm-hmm. he, he just goes on to just talk about how, you know, we it, it's it's spreading and we don't even know it, um, and, and you know, and it's just a matter of time at this point. So it's 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 scary. It
1: is scary, and it's but I mean we you have to think about things that we've never thought about before. I mean, our phones, you know, yeah, we're washing our hands really, you know, I mean, we're all washing our hands way more than probably we ever have. And I felt like I was a really good hand washer prior. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm constantly washing my hands. But if I'm picking up my phone, my dirty phone and putting it up to my face or, you know, putting my hands all over it, I've just recontaminated, yeah, you know, exactly. I just, there's just so many things. To think about as an owner, I just I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not an anxious person just by nature, but I feel like I have been a tad bit more anxious, just concerned about my staff. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want them to become infected because they because I asked them to walk out to the car and, you know, take somebody's medication to them who's been off doing who knows what with who knows how many people you know, uh, th- that is making me anxious for them. Um, I have, my father had a, um, liver and a kidney transplant five years ago. And so my parents have been on lockdown, you know, for two weeks. Yeah, I, I was like, you guys aren't going anywhere. So I haven't seen them for two weeks. You know, we talk pretty regularly, but you know, I, I was like, we can't take any chances. So, um, you know, I'm grateful for that, but I am so just burdened, I guess, for a community that just doesn't seem to get it yet. And mm-hmm. it's, to be honest, I think it's it's going to take more disease coming to the area and really people seeing the effects of it um, before they understand. But then it's too late, yeah, you know, potentially too late. So...
0: And being that an, you're at an independent, I, I would like to give you the opportunity if you'd like to to tell us your name if you want and you know your sure. pharmacies just because I feel like that you know could help in the future but um and and then any other last words or anything else that you want to leave uh, the listeners with um, uh, about about the situation, how you guys are dealing with it
1: Sure so I'm, I'm Leah Allen and I own um, Wilson Drug in Hearn, Texas, and it's a very small community of about four thousand people. And um, then most recently bought Duffy Drug in Franklin, Texas. Again, um, Central Texas. And um, yeah, last words would be just, people just have to take heed and, and think about things that they've never thought about before. And, you know, it's really, while it's about us, it's about other people and being cognizant of how what we're doing is affecting other people. And, you know, as, as long as I can for whatever I can, I will be here for my communities. Um, whole other issue for a whole other day, but you know, the issue with the PBMs, the issue with the DIR, all that kind of stuff comes into play when my spending, I've spent probably what almost what I spend in a month in the last two weeks because there's this mad rush to get meds. So Mm -hmm. I mean, that comes into play as well, that finances, are, I mean, I, I wish I could just ignore it, but I can't. So, you know, having to, to think about those things at a time when all I want to do is take care of patients. So anyway, well, sorry to. To get off subject. No, but. no, I
0: think it's important. I think it, it, it's a reason why pharmacies might not have been in a better position to, to do what we should be able to do as well. So exactly. I think it's a valid point. Um, I think it's a valid point. And uh, Lee, I, I greatly wanted to thank you for uh, giving us your insight and your time. I couldn't think of yeah. a better way to kick off uh, uh, these conversations and hearing about these stories. So thank you so much.
1: Well, anytime. Call again. We'll we'll give an update if we need to.
0: So. Well, I I hope that this will. I I don't hope that this continues, but I hope that in terms of the the pandemic. But I hope that we can continue to get stories out and, and drive for change, um, and help other Absolutely. community pharmacies out in the nation. So I'll uh, definitely keep in yeah. touch.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for what you're doing. Take care. All right. Bye bye. All
0: right. So that was an awesome first call. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and. Shoot over to our next one here. I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation. I thought it was um, I thought it was right on par with how a lot of people are feeling. And, you know, a lot of us are just some some people are just working at a regular pharmacy, like in a community, in a chain, and they're the pharmacy manager there and dealing with so much. Um, But then I think about the pharmacy owners that they are they are the the last line of defense for the operation of that pharmacy. There's no corporate that they turn to. There's no management that they seek help from like they are all that's that that's left um to, to ensure the safety and ensure the functionalities of that pharmacy so um i really tip my hat off to any pharmacy owners right now that are currently dealing with this all right let me get to my next call hello hey this is richard with Arch radio I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm
4: doing good.
0: Hanging in there. I'm sure it's a a difficult time to hang in there at this time. Uh, You are currently live on the show. I wanted to open it up. Tell us what your thoughts are, your concerns, your stories. Um, Feel free to let the listeners know what's going on.
4: All right. So my name is... I live in um, Inglewood, Colorado, and I currently work for a retail pharmacy as a technician. And I must say it's been pretty intense over the last couple weeks, um, you know, just doing what we can to help patients. That's our main goal. And I, I think before all this had happened, that was our primary goal anyway, just to, you know, help patients the best way we can and and do what we can for patients. But now that all this has occurred, it's, you know, I think I'd say on Friday is when I kind of felt the wrath of everything. It's just and so overwhelming and it's just, you know, trying to take care of patients while trying to take care of each other and ourselves within the pharmacy. And, um, you know, my, thank goodness I have such a wonderful team because I couldn't imagine what it would be like if if it wasn't for my team because they kind of keep the sanity, you know, within me. And, you know, just working for retail, seeing the panic people have coming in and, you know, you try not to panic yourself, but when you see, you know, shelves, and empty and you know people panicking you you try to not panic but mm-hmm. I mean we're human and we all kind of kind of panic but it's it's scary and I think you know all of us even corporations weren't ready for this and you know we're all just kind of learning together and just you know taking one day at a time one hour at a time basically but it's crazy I, I must say I didn't I wasn't I thought at first you know it's kind of fly by okay it's not that big of a deal but actually like come in
0: into week three of all this it's like it's intense I must say yeah I bet and do you feel like your community seems to be taking it seriously because we just had a caller on just now that they felt they were in a smaller rural what seemed to be like a rural town and it seemed like their community wasn't taking it as seriously do you think that your community has been taking it as serious as they should
4: Um, yes and no. I I definitely see the elderly staying in and, you know, is is offering the free delivery and I see people taking advantage of that. But the younger crowd, it's kind of frustrating because you see, you know, teenage kids coming in in from spring break and they have, you know, all their friends with them to pick up some medication and, you know, and it's just kind of frustrating that you, you don't see it taken serious, especially seeing the results being from the pharmacy standpoint. So I, I, I say I say yes and no. Um, I say more so the elderly because they're more, you know, mm-hmm. they're more affected by it. But sure. the younger generation, I, I definitely see them coming out more. And, you know, I, I don't see them coming in for necessities. I see them coming in for, like, makeup and, you know, silly stuff like that. Wow. But I think for the most part, I, I see our community – taken it serious, but the younger generation definitely needs to keep in mind that it is a serious, you know, issue.
0: And what has your pharmacy kind of done to try to keep the staff and, and even the patients protected? I mean, have you guys, um, put up barriers? Uh, what have you guys done around the pharmacy? Um, I know, I know that, well, yeah, go good.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So that's our, actually, our, our latest issue. Um, we, so we work inside, a so we actually had, we're told by to put out tables, you know, to keep the social distancing. And um we were told Friday by Brett that that's not allowed. So um Jeez. that's the latest <laughs> thing we're we're waiting to hear back on that. Our um supervisor got an escalation to see, you know, what what we do from this standpoint, but I think my pharmacy manager she's actually going to do the the barrier with, you know, like the the plastic around the the pharmacy. But as of now, we're just kind of waiting to see if we can do that barrier to see if if that's approved.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to share your experiences and your um, and your concerns with us. Uh, I think, you know. I love that we're just kind of showing the the world and the country just that you know we're all going through a lot of the same things. So thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.
0: Take care. Bye. All right, next caller. Hello. Hey, this is Richard with RX Radio. How's it going?
2: Hey, not
0: bad. You I'm doing very well as well as we can all do in handling this pandemic. Thank you so much uh, for putting sending in your number on Instagram. Uh, You are now on uh, on the show. And I wanted to just really open up the platform to hear your thoughts, concerns, stories uh, and hear kind of what insights you might have as to what's going on out there in, in pharmacy.
2: Yeah. Um so I'm uh work at a community pharmacy in um Ontario, um, Canada. So we're actually we have the most cases of the COVID-19 up here. Um, and as far as it goes for pharmacy, we are considered an essential service here. Um, as I'm sure you are there, but basically yeah, it's um a lot of uncertainty with patients, staff. Um we are doing a lot of things similar, putting up plexiglass, tons of signage. Um, but I think mostly it's um, it's the issues with, like, ordering and stuff because we ha- are having mass issues now with just getting things like insulin and blood pressure medications. We're being limited on everything. Um, and wow. on top of that, we can't get hand sanitizer. We can't get, you know, toilet paper, the whole, you know, disinfecting products, stuff like that. Um, so we also have, um, a program up here where people on, you know, welfare or disability will go on or people over 65, the government will cover their drugs for them. Normally they get a three month supply and now the government out of nowhere just basically told us, oh, you can only dispense 30 day supplies. So now they're telling seniors who now have to come in every, you know, month versus three months when they realistically should be staying home because we don't know how long this is going to go on. Right. And I'm not really sure how that at all helps a medication, um, I guess, supply issue that they say they're having, but it just, it's it's crazy. You're just exhausted by the end of it. Like um, my pharmacy specifically dispenses methadone as well. So we have people coming in daily and these people don't have access to internet and, you know, TVs and stuff and they're not really aware of what's going on so it's it's just crazy
0: (laughs) that that's I cannot imagine dealing with 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 both of those problems I mean I have Mm -hmm. heard here you know initially initially it seemed like so uh, over here you know we have different uh, payers and different insurance plans that can dictate kind of if they're getting a 30-day supply versus 90 versus um, over there, I yep. think it seems like it's it's more kind of standard for everyone. But it seemed like over here initially they were uh, encouraging ninety day supplies to try to limit the pharmacy the people from coming into the pharmacies. But then I started hearing that they started doing the sim something similar where they started restricting it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and and it's yeah. really unfortunate.
2: So yeah, we have we have patients who just don't, they don't want to come to the pharmacy. Obviously, we have people who are immunocompromised, and we can't even get their insulin, and in, and they're actually due. Like it's just it's insane. Um, on top of that, actually, unfortunately, the city that I live in, um, out of my whole province, three people have died, and unfortunately, two of them were in this city. So it's just caused people to go even crazier um, with trying to get drugs and. It's just nuts
0: <laughs> yeah wow
2: i'm I'm exhausted. we were open nine to six every day, and we're just exhausted by the end um it's I've been only in pharmacy for five years, but this is the craziest I've ever seen it well um, I, it yeah. does,
0: it doesn't seem like there's anyone actively practicing uh you know whether it be in, in in a hospital or in a pharmacy that's really dealt with something at this scale, so I feel like. No, a lot of people that, right, are, that yeah. are that are that are practicing now, this is gonna be our, you know, one of the bigger tragedies we may have we've probably dealt with at least in the pre- in our previous history practicing. Obviously, hopefully yeah. nothing like this ever happens again. Um mm-hmm. to, to this magnitude. But uh but yeah, I think a lot of us this is this is the first time a lot of us are seeing something like this.
2: Yeah, and I'm actually, I was, um, one placement away from finishing my pharmacy technician degree, and, uh, that's all been on put on hold too. So, you know, just for any pharmacy student here, it's just additive stress, right? Because some of these courses you really can't be doing online. Like, um, I'm not sure how the American programs run, but for second year in Canada, you're mostly doing hospital stuff, um, which in my opinion is a little bit more difficult than the, you know, community dispensing. So it's just stress all around for pharmacy. I think here and as I'm sure it is down there too, my cousin is actually a pharmacist in Michigan. Um, so he, yeah, he just said it's crazy as well. So, yeah.
0: So I, the pharmacies that you work in, uh, what have they been doing in terms of protecting kind of the staff and the patients, like, uh, any barriers they put up? Are you, uh, uh, how are you yeah,
2: so we, my uh, boss owns several pharmacies in Ontario, so we have installed plexiglass at every um, every single one of our pharmacies. Um, frequent hand washing, we have a hand washing station for the, like, with sanitizer for the patients as soon as they walk in. We're limiting time that patients can be in there. We have specific pens for patients to use to sign. Uh, we're not sharing our phone. Um, you know, we're wearing gloves uh just different things we're not taking any medication back i'm not sure if the state does that but we have like a safe disposal program here and we're not taking anything back right now um just different things to try and avoid as you know as little contact as possible
0: yeah i think we have some pharmacies that do kind of safe disposal and things like that it's not it's probably not as widespread as how it is in canada but um yeah uh, I mean, that makes sense in terms of not if not taking, you know, not encouraging anything to unnecessarily really go back to the pharmacy. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, you said you're in right, school. How are you guys being impacted um, on that front?
2: Well, we uh, like I said, I was supposed to go to a hospital in Toronto, actually, for four weeks and do a placement and they've canceled everything. So nobody knows anything. We don't know if we're doing placement. Um the, we ha- Our governing body is called the Ontario College of Pharmacists. So that placement is actually a requirement to graduate and be, you know, in the accreditation, I guess, um, with like the College of Pharmacists here. So um, we don't know. We were basically, we don't know if we're going to be doing it in the summer. We don't know anything. They've just told us everything's canceled. When, you, when we know, you'll know kind of thing. So yeah. up in the air stressful i have no routine anymore um it's just yeah it's really unsettling
0: well uh I, I do wish you the best and thank you so much for kind of taking the time to uh share yeah. your story with us um
4: mm-hmm. uh, i
0: think it's important that we're just kind of all hearing especially about from different countries of how things are, are happening so thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it and, and i wish you well
2: yeah thank you you too good luck
0: take care bye Thank you
2: too. bye
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that just, just kind of hearing these stories, I mean, it's so crazy to think that, you know, the world is going to be dealing with this, the world of of healthcare, the world of pharmacy, um, and how there's such a snowball effect from all the way down to students, um, technicians, uh, pharmacists. And um, I'm thankful that we got some perspective from uh, from a different country, which I do believe I have lined up one more country as well. Um, But I think now we're going to go to some of the U S uh, some of the U S stores. So let's get the next caller. This is Richard. Hey, Hey, how's it going?
5: Hi sir. Oh, nothing much. Just, uh, I not I didn't have uh, time to be texting back and forth uh, in terms of like what you've seen other providers or their pharmacists say. Um, I just got, you know, two patients called in for the hydrochloroquine and and I'm about to say hell to the the doctor. But, you know, I'm also trying to see like, just kind of like gauge what other, you know, pharmacists have been saying because while they say that the, the combination is rare, I'm sorry, the combination is also contraindicated, but uh, the reaction is rare for the QT prolongation. Um, the older they are, the sicker they are, obviously those, uh, those risks obviously go a lot higher. Like, uh, this is already allocating hydrochloroquine for 40 tablets max per patient. Uh, they're just, they're, even though there's uh, there's still some left uh, at the warehouse, they're just trying to like, trying to be as uh, judicious as possible, trying to you know allocate it for our patients, our RNA patients, lupus patients and everything. So I'm like, I'm very wary to dispense unproven contraindicated combinations and the doctor's like, hey, you know, you do what I say. And I'm like, no, you can find another pharmacy because I'm yeah. not going to do it. So that's pretty much the direction I'm gonna head in. It's like you know you're you're basing it off uh, you're basing it off of a, a very uh, uh, a very hastily assembled study with not a whole lot of proven efficacy and it's contraindicating combination. No, show your work. But at, at the same time, I also don't want to you know deny a patient a potential therapy even if they're born in 1957. So that means they are at the very least seven years or not, no, six years old. Yeah, they're my parents' age. i think almost to retirement age. So chances are they're probably not in the best of health. So I'll be like, mm, I'll do the Zythermax. I've been seeing Levaquin. I saw Leviquin 500 for 12 days. And I'm like, don't. No more than 10. But uh, these doctors are just writing some, like, hinky stuff, you know, just throwing a panic.
0: Yeah, it's I, I did see that there's a couple states now that came out with regulations um and restrictions. I'm not sure if you saw that, but like Ohio, um, and I, I'm getting messages like in real time now that like I think like two or three other states have just approved restrictions on dispensing uh, hydroxychloroquine um uh due to everything that's going on. So hopefully uh Florida will follow soon.
5: I hope so. So um uh so um yeah just, i just haven't seen anything i haven't seen anything on angry pharmacists, single cynical pharmacists, or the accidental pharmacist anybody anybody reporting anything in terms of like oh yeah well i've seen it here i've seen it here like i even saw like anything on cynical pharmacists. a vet was writing it the combo
0: that's crazy i heard dentists trying to write it
5: yeah i'm just like i'm i don't feel comfortable uh I don't feel comfortable filling this combination. Period. Yeah. So. That's crazy. And we also don't have. There's no Tylenol in any stores either. For like, if patients actually do have fevers, it's crazy. Like, we are we've been out of Tylenol for like days. I
0: heard I heard about days. that as well because that has been something because of the that I think it was a France official or something just for some reason went out and set, talked about that ibuprofen potential issue, which didn't have any yeah. data to support it, and then um, every, then there was a huge run on Tylenol. So it's really unfortunate.
5: Yeah, like just the retinopathy that can happen with hydrochloroquine. Um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not feeling it. The study is is ill contrived and not even, and the the, the strength of the the recommendation is super super low, like 30 patients, and you know the 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 bar that they set for you know what the what's called the like no viral load or the uh, I forgot what they how they phrase it, but it's it's lower than it's lower than you know the other patients i'm like no no it's just i i, I don't see that and i'm not going to subject the patient to those those side effects for that did
0: think that makes sense well i appreciate yeah. your your time and your insight and sharing with uh sharing with the listeners
5: oh you're we're live right now <laughs> yeah. okay. oh my god oh well okay did you um, read the post yeah. <laughs> no sir oh my god <laughs> Idiot, I'm, I'm 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 working hard right now. I'm working hard for that money. I appreciate you, bro. No worries. Take care. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> As you can imagine, that was one of my friends that did not read the post. All right. Let's get to the next call. Hello. Eric, how's it going, sir?
3: Doing all right. Doing all right. Finally got my daughter down.
0: <laughs> I know, man. I know we've been trying yeah. to see when is a good time to get you on here. We've been talking back and forth. So uh, yeah. you are you are live, man. You are live. Awesome. So, Eric, uh, I'm glad to have him on because uh, he was the one that introduced me to that pharmacy group that I spoke about earlier um, on Facebook. Uh, so, Eric, let us know kind of what your thoughts are. Maybe even give us some origins of that Facebook group, um, kind of what you're seeing, uh, concerns and uh, insights into what's going on.
3: Yeah, so uh, Steve Meyer actually started it. I went to school with him. We graduated together. He kind of asked me to come along. I looped you in and a bunch of your uh, followers and some of mine from our podcast and pharmacy platforms. Um, Some of the big concerns that we're seeing is it looks like just in general, uh, the basic precautions that they're telling us about aren't being taken in a lot of pharmacies, and it's not really being mandated down. Um, In Ohio, where I am, luckily, the Board of Pharmacy has been pretty quick to kind of jump out on this based off of some of the feedback we've gotten in the group and from pharmacists within our state. So we're doing pretty good here, but a lot of other states are in pretty worse shape. And we know that, you know, PPEs are very hard to come by at this point, but having things like hand sanitizer fly off our shelves and not storing some for our own, uh, own pharmacy staff and, you know, people that we work with who have to remain open. is kind of what we're worried about. On top of that, obviously we're seeing some small independents put up things, whether it be plastic sheeting, plexiglass. I think you shared some of those on your, uh, your uh, social media platforms and that's kind of what we're asking for here: is some basic precautions to keep us well protected because we're worried that well one for our own health but on top of that too if we get sick we act as vectors mm-hmm. and if a pharmacy closes it makes a huge problem because it can be a cascading effect of now who has the prescription where is it can i get it transferred you know what happens to that medication it just turns into a, a snowball if all of a sudden a couple pharmacies start going down
0: yeah yeah, no, I, th- I agree. And um, I, that Facebook group has just been so like, so helpful just for us communicating together. I mean, even things like, you know, whether we should be giving vaccines or not. I mean, there were such good, great discussions on there about uh, the pros and cons of that. Um, it, what, what else have you that did you have you seen that is kind of either shocking or that you find is like has been super helpful that we've kind of gotten out of that Facebook group?
3: Well, me and Steve have kind of spearheaded that people can send us stuff anonymously. Um, and we have ways of sharing that with people to help, you know, get the message out. And we're just seeing people message us left and right. We've actually had people who tried to report certain stores to, uh, to the state board of health and not following basic precautions and protocols and they've been terminated. So we're seeing tons of craziness go on, which is, which is really disheartening because, you know, we're in this to help people. And I, I can't say that person was a tech or a pharmacist, but, we're seeing these type of things and this is not the time to be doing that. You know, if you want to have a discussion or ask them to take down a social media post or ask them not to do that, that's one thing. But if you're going you're to try and start terminating people, that's just going to make this problem worse.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, what what else? What what other uh, insights or concerns um, do you have? Or maybe you can talk about some of the um, some of the actions that have come out of the group. Uh, uh, yeah. Around changes.
3: Yeah, so we've, we've seen quite a bit with the, uh, the, pres- with the changes with the uh, prescribers that we're seeing all across the country who are, I don't know if this is just MDs, nurse practitioners, whoever, but just prescribers in general who are writing prescriptions for themselves for hydroxychloroquine, Zithromax, you know, whatever drugs that yeah, I've even seen, I think it was Coletra, Coletra, one of the HIV meds that they're writing for themselves so that they can have, you know, just in case or if they get sick and for their family members, which in number of states is illegal to do that because of conflict of interest. But on top of that, it's just making the hoarding worse and making it harder to actually treat patients who do have this and thus making the problem even worse. So that we've seen that get shared with the Ohio Pharmacists Association, who ran it up the ladder. And we've now seen uh people come out and i think dr amy acton even said yesterday i think it was it's kind of a blur with everything going on that you know don't do this this is not right this is not right if you see it report it and we're seeing more pharmacists report things to the board of pharmacy and the medical boards and that's what we're really asking as pharmacists to document 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 because we're seeing every day different stories from either actions being taken that shouldn't be or in some cases even good things where people are putting up you know barriers and finding new things like curbside delivery that can change the game for people to still get them their medications.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you have the Political Pharmacist podcast, uh, which uh, I've heard really good things about. Can you just give a little plug to that? Like, what do you guys talk about? Um, How can you listen to it?
3: Yeah, so it's um. Twitter handle is at political underscore RX. It's also on Facebook, political pharmacist page. Um, Something I started several months back just because I really thought pharmacists needed a voice and no one was really filling that space of specifically talking about how politics and policies are affecting pharmacy. So you can find us on Facebook. Um I'm on SoundCloud, just like you are with your podcast. But we try to focus on what kind of the things that are either not talked about or the people everyone's talking about with pharmacy and kind of like hot topic issues at times and just things that, you know, we we need to kind of bring to the forefront to discuss because it's just not getting discussed by a lot of other people and this is affecting not just us and our profession but people's health and safety as well it makes a lot of sense great
0: so eric thank you so much uh for tuning in jumping in uh on the call and and uh, letting us know about your insights any, anything else any, anything lasting words you want to leave to the listeners
3: uh, if I can say one thing, this is the time for pharmacists to be heroes. Your white coats are your capes in our case and really stand up and do what's right. If it's filling something early, don't, I wouldn't even question it. Just do what you can, take care of people, do your best. When this all settles down, we're going to be the ones who are to look to you for guidance and what we saw that was wrong to be changed with this going forward. So, And document, document, document.
0: <laughs> Couldn't have said that better myself. Thank you, Eric. Really appreciate it, man. Take care.
3: Take care, Reggie. Bye. All right.
0: Man, I really hope everyone goes and back. man, I really hope everyone kind of goes back and listens to that again. I think that was great advice, especially that last part. Like, I I really feel like we're going to be heroes at the end of this, um, including all the other healthcare professionals and people working on the front lines through this pandemic. So, I'm um, really glad I was able to get Eric to jump in on there. So, uh, let's go to the next call. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hey, this is Richard from Rx Radio. Uh
6: hello. Is this, this is Sarah and hey, from Iran.
0: Nice to nice to meet you. Uh uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on over there. You're a pharmacist in Iran, right?
6: Yes, yes. Uh, since uh, February 21st, I think the outbreak in Iran uh, was started and uh, the schools and universities uh, were closed uh, and lots of news is about the uh, people struggling with the COVID-19 was uh, came outside and um, Also, uh, lots of people uh, started to using uh, drugs such as multivitamins and using vitamin D and, uh, I don't know, zinc and um, magnesium. And they said that they think that they they are good. Also, some of them are good, like vitamin C and zinc. They will uh, uh, help to... um, uh, Oh, sorry, developing the immune system in the body. Uh, but, uh, lots of, uh, problems, uh, were there too, because, uh, many, uh, of the people, uh, they don't take it serious and, uh, they uh, will come out a lot and because, uh, there is not, uh, very, strict uh, quarantine in Iran uh, they will uh, go in other cities and also come outside a lot and um, in the pharmacy uh, we have uh, take uh, we have put lots of uh, plastic in front of our shelves and um, protect ourselves from the patients and Mm, there, is, there are a lot of uh, problems, uh, such as we are uh, running out of masks and running out of uh, detergents for hand and also for the surface.
0: Wow. And what about your your drug supply? Are you guys having trouble with uh, specific medications and having them in the pharmacies for patients? Um, are your pharmacies a lot Yes,
6: uh, yes uh, because uh the drugs uh, which are used for um COVID, uh, such as hydroxychloroquine and uh, oseltamivir and Caletra, uh, we are uh, running out of them and uh, unfortunately some of people who had them from before uh, for other uses uh, like rheumatoid or uh, people for uh, using for hepatitis or HIV are selling them uh, with a very, very uh, high prices and um, we we are just having very much problems with them and because because, like also, V we can in uh, our farm uh, uh, pharmaceutical places, uh, they cannot um, um, produce them, and uh, they are uh, just uh, uh, imported in country. And due to sanctions uh, that Iran is uh, struggling with, uh, we are uh, having a lot of problems with the drugs.
0: That's, that's terrible to hear. I think there was a large concern about the sanctions that are there. Uh, And, you know, there's been reports saying that it shouldn't affect, you know, what, you know, the help that you're potentially would be able to receive. But, uh, you know, I can't imagine how there's probably so much other things that are impacted by sanctions that are that are prohibiting um, you guys from doing what you can to keep uh, your, your country safe from the pandemic.
6: Yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, nowadays, uh, WHO has a uh lots of drugs and masks and uh, the things that we use uh, for the people but medical staff and uh, the people also we uh, have lots of problems in pharmacies.
0: Now, the pharmacies that you work for, the one that you specifically work for, or the majority of pharmacies, are they all family owned? Uh, Are they owned by big companies? Or are they are they run by the government? Can you tell me a little bit about how that works?
6: Uh, yes, uh, there are some uh, specific pharmacies uh, which are run by governments uh, which uh, are uh, under the uh, support of uh, universities. Uh, in Iran, we have two kind of universities. Some of them are uh, the money is provided by the government and the others are uh, we pay for them. And the uh, other pharmacies are owned by pharmacists or uh, the pe- one, uh, one person will uh, uh, buy the pharmacy and uh, we uh, uh, work there for them.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. And do you know if there is a difference between them in terms of uh, some pharmacies are struggling more than others? Or um, does it seem like every pharmacy is kind of going through the same problems? um tell us a little bit about that
6: yes uh, because of the uh, the pharmacies which are run by government uh, uh, they have different drug lists from us uh because uh, some of the drugs which are um uh, which, le- which is less uh, in uh, oh, sorry i uh will forget some words uh Oh no, it's
0: okay. You're doing you're doing really uh, well. I, I I only know one language, so and it, seems, it sounds like you know multiple languages. So <laughs> you are you are much better than, than I in terms of being multilingual. So do, do not worry whatsoever. <laughs> Thank
6: you. Uh, the governmental pharmacies uh, they have uh, lots of uh, more drugs. Uh, such as uh, insulin in Iran is just uh, sold in, uh, sell, uh, being sold in uh, specific uh, pharmacies. And lots of other drugs are like that, lo- uh, such as uh, methylphenidate, ketamine or uh, morphine. They are just uh, being sold in uh, specific pharmacies. And drugs which are used for uh, COVID-19 are uh, being sold in uh, those uh pharmacies and yes they are struggling uh a lot about finding the drugs and also uh we uh, they uh sometimes uh unpack drugs and bring the drugs out of blister and put it in the uh, uh plastic bags uh for one day uh, supply for the uh, people for the patients and uh, give them to the hospitals And we are running out of hospital beds, unfortunately, in some of our cities, such as Resht in Gilan, which is in the north of Iran.
0: Uh Wow, it's it's such a scary time to be in. Um, And and I hope that uh, I hope that it goes well for you guys. And I hope we, you know, we find ways in other countries, find ways to provide the support that we all need. Um, And uh, I thank you so much for for your time and and all your insights into what's going on and um, anything else that you'd like to let the listeners know about what's going on um, or any other
7: insights?
6: Um, uh, No, I don't think so, but I wish, and I'm looking forward for the day that uh, all the people in the world uh, will get rid of this uh, virus and uh, no family have to struggle with the death of their um, people and um this sadness will uh, go over from the all the people in the world
0: i could not have said that better myself thank you so much i really really appreciate your time and i wish you the best take care
6: thank you so much take care too
0: okay what an amazing story uh to hear about what's going on in iran um uh, I think that it, you know, just again the the global impact that this is having, um, not only just in terms of everyone's communities, but the global impact it's having on healthcare and and specifically in pharmacies, um, it's crazy to hear um, what's going on. All right, let's uh, let's get to the next call. This- hey, this is Richard with RX Radio. How's it going?
8: Hi, how's it going? Good. I'm
0: doing very well. Thank you for sending me your number uh, to be on the show. You are currently on, uh, and I'm looking forward to kind of hearing about your stories, um, your insights, your concerns, uh, anything that's going on with with dealing with this pandemic. So, okay, let us know.
8: Okay, so um, have you guys already talked to some people?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're like okay. I don't, I don't even know how many people it's been so far. Oh, um, it's definitely awesome. been about an hour uh, of people okay. on here. So, but uh, I'm looking forward to kind of hearing the unique uh, stories from everyone, even if it seems repetitive. I think it's, um, I think there will be nuances in each of them. So, um, feel free to sure. tell us about sure. what's going on.
8: So, um, obviously, you guys have probably touched based on the hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin combo. And we, my pharmacy, um, first like piggybacking off of that, I'm not in a drive-through pharmacy. We're in a strip mall. So the issue is when people are saying, oh, like, you know, all pharmacies are going to be drive-through, like we can't do that. So we kind of have to be on the front lines, like not in a drive-through and dealing with the repercussions of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but also we, so we are actually located across the street from a hospital and, um, Lots of different doctor's offices are nearby. So not only are those doctor's offices prescribing and then sending patients to us, but they're also coming in and prescribing for their families. So when the news hit or Donald Trump's um, tweet hit about the hydroxychloroquine, like flying off the shelves, and it's already on a shortage. And now I checked on Friday night on our outside vendor's website and it's on a back order. So um, I have seen literature, not literature, I've seen notice that in some states they are now um, banning the prescription of it, um, unless it's proven, unless someone has a positive test. Is that correct? Yeah. That you've seen as well? Yeah. I've seen yeah.
0: multiple states talk about, uh, yeah. it has to be a positive test. Um, and if not, it's because they've had a previous history. Some states are saying you had to have a previous history, um, of having, uh, you know, either malaria or not malaria, yes. but, um, like, um, sure, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, sure. whatever the current treatments are, or lupus as well. Um, correct. you have to have a diagnosis for that. And then if you don't have that prior history, I think some of them are limiting to between a 14 or 30 day supply. So, yeah, they're they're starting to put some restrictions on there, though.
8: Yeah, which I am in total agreement with um, because I'm getting some doctors that are just like, I mean, I heard about this and I'm up there. I'm like, dude, you're like you're 40 something. No. (laughs) Like, I'm like, do you have asthma or do you have COPD? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then what are you doing? Like, research it. Ask me. I'm happy to, like, give you my opinion. And then they don't listen. But. Um, that was friday night like we are almost outro and i mean obviously like we have other patients that have been on it for other disease states so we have to worry about them like it's kind of like what do we go off of a theory like do we play it safe it's kind of like a catch-22 but then we have to think about the individuals that are currently taking it Mm -hmm. so that's an issue um where i work we in term, it's just been crazy not just because everyone's like panicking but it has been crazy because of the panic, um, not only from the public but also on the phone when you're talking to another doctor's office or clarifying something. Like you can tell the nurses, I mean, up until a few weeks ago, a lot of them have been like overworked. Um, I know a lot of doctors' offices, at least in our area, are now reserving appointments for like emergencies only, or like um, half of the day is set up for like well visits and then the other one is for sick visits, like things like that. So I know someone that personally went into her pediatrician's office and said the nurses were just like sitting around like talking, which is fine. They're allowed to, obviously they're overworked, like they need a break, but like, then you'll talk to them on the phone and it's like, they're so annoyed and aggravated. And you know that because they're like, obviously everyone is freaking out about this. Like they're not being the nicest to them. Like I get it. We're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. So it seems like this week I have been on the phone with doctor's offices and nurses and they've been kind of like, everyone's stressed out and like i try to be like, every time i like end up or i hang up with a voicemail i'm like good luck today like i'm thinking of you we're almost together
0: yeah, um, wow that's awesome actually i, yeah, I didn't even I think about like having to do that that makes so much sense
8: i'm trying like i mean like even if i'm faking it like my husband was always like i don't want you to like fake it like around me like in terms of like being happy or whatever but like in, when an activity or something like that but i'm like you kind of have to like when everyone's kind of like in the same boat
3: yeah, it's and upset. Like, what energy. are you going
8: to do? Exactly. Yeah. I'm all about that. I'm all yeah. about like the positive flow. Like you got to do what you got to do. Now, do you think uh, if we had, if
0: we had uh more authority, prescriptive authority, we wouldn't have to be dealing with a lot of the back and forth, especially during a time like this, um, with some of these doctors offices and potentially like, you know, hindering workflow and things like that?
8: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, just in general, like clarifying a script or changing like a quantity or, things like that. I definitely think so. But then also in the back of my mind, whenever I make a change on a prescription relating to COVID-19 or otherwise, I am always like devil's advocate. What if they meant this for X, Y, Z reason, unless it's like me like back-driven ointment and they prescribed as 15 grams. Like I'm like, obviously you meant 22. Cause that's what's cheaper. Like, I don't care about that. But just in general, like if the um, clarification of like a SIG and day supply isn't matching up, I'm always like, well, what is like, what did they want? But I agree. But in terms of like, those are just like examples of, you know, when they have all their full authority and they have um, the doctor's offices are making their decisions based on like their approach. So but other, I do I do think it would help a lot, especially in times like these. Yeah, so, I do think so. So um, what
0: has your pharmacy been doing in terms of like uh, protecting of the staff and of the uh, and of your patients?
8: so it seems like every day we've been having um, a conference call most recently we were given instructions to implement a cleaning protocol every hour which we try to set an alarm we obviously try to abide by it clean as much as we can and it's helpful and they gave us more technician hours for it and i'm very thankful i know that everyone's kind of like met at the higher ups and you know your district leaders and your supervisors are also you have to stop and think are only doing as much as they can like we we hope that they're advocating for us and we know that they are, but at the same time, like we have to work with what's given like screaming and yelling and throwing a fit. Isn't going to change anything like yeah. unless you talk about it professionally. So I am under the impression, like in these times we have to work with what's given and be optimistic, which I have been. And it worked out. we got extra tech hours. Like we are working with what we've got. So I have seen some people say that they were instructed to put like a table in front of the register to keep the distance between um, the person at the register and um, the person that's picking up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, I'm thinking like our pharmacies raised up, so I don't know how they would go about doing that. Um, we did, we have a small waiting area. We've like taken out several of the chairs and now it's only like plastic chairs instead of fabric. So we can easily wipe those down. Oh, I'm trying to think what else. Um,
0: any like physical barriers or any word on it? No. They're going to be giving you like PPE no. and things like that.
8: No, 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 um, they gave us, um, I have heard of someone saying that they were at another pharmacy chain, and they were just at the cashier, not even back in the pharmacy, and apparently the cashier told them that they were told that they could not wear gloves or masks, which I don't know how certain or true that is, because from my impression, what we were told where I work, and I don't want to disclose where I work, I try to keep it anonymous, yeah. um, but I... What we were told is if we feel the necessity to, we are able to wear a mask and gloves if we want. But my theory is I have a lot of patients that are already paranoid and upset and worried and me doing that, I don't know if that would be in their best interest because I don't want to scare anyone anymore. Everyone is panicking. Everyone is freaking out. Like, what is me wearing a mask that may or may not help me at this point going to do for them? Like, so that's my, that's my opinion on it.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the mass thing, I had posted about this uh, on the, the Facebook group that I've talked about a couple of times now, um, the pharmacy staff for COVID-19 sure. support. Sure. Um, I posted about how, you know, if you, if you look at, I've been looking at kind of what's been going on probably since around January. I saw like my first kind of post about what was going on in Wuhan. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been following a lot of it on Twitter mostly. And one thing that yeah. I saw that I thought was interesting, they had the same run on on supplies, Right. Uh, mm-hmm. they had the same run on masks. Uh but when you looked at the footage, like everyone was wearing a mask, right? Like I don't I don't yes. know if if there was a uh similar to how how we had here where they're they're encouraging pe- the general public not to wear masks, I don't think that was the case over there. I actually think Mm-mm. it was encouraged that every single person wear the equivalent of a medical mask, not not necessarily N95, but at least a medical mask because of the asymptomatic spread um yes. that is that is problematic. And I'm wondering if, you know, that's going to be one of the downfalls that we've had as a country where, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't really do a good job at saying, look, le- get the medical mask and the N95 mask to healthcare professionals. But you need to be wearing some form of barrier on your face yes, if you're out in yeah. public. Um, I will
8: say, on let me interrupt you for a second, yeah. though, on that same token, um, I have noticed like ever since SARS and ever since I started even undergrad. A lot of the um, exchange students and a lot of the footage that I've seen and in general, because of like even in Beijing, all of the pollution, I see a lot. I would I've seen people in masks from that part of the world for like a decade. Mm-hmm. So. To me, I'm like, what is – and then also, like, obviously, whatever we see in the media it's, media, it's kind of skewed. So a lot of people wearing masks, like, in general. So I'm like, what if this is, like, crafted? What if this is not crafted? You know what I mean? Like, are, have they always been in masks? Because it's just, like – I'm not saying a scare tactic, but you know what I mean? Like, how they've always been in masks. So it's like, are we supposed to always be in masks, like, for 10 years now? You know, so
2: yeah. –
0: well, I do know that their air pollution is definitely a problem that people oh, try yeah. to uh, try to mitigate. Uh, so I, I've been to Japan a couple of times over the last couple of years, and what I heard mm-hmm. there was because obviously you know over there too, wearing a mask yes. is is fairly normal. A lot yes. of them also wear it for allergies. Uh, for them, mm-hmm. you know, instead of taking instead of taking a uh, antihistamine or something to prevent allergies or like a, like a flu oh. or something, they actually just mm-hmm. wear a mask and they they minimize their exposure to like uh, allergens and actually, you know, it yes. helps prevent with a lot of their symptoms. So that's another thing that's, too. That's um, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think mass culture, I'm wondering if that's going to be something that's going to take over the U S just, um, for some of those other reasons, but potentially mm-hmm. knowing that this is a potential problem that we might have to deal with over the next couple of years, you know, people are saying, yeah. you know, 18 months, we might be dealing with something like this, even though we're flattening the curve, you know, it still might mm-hmm. be around. I do wonder if mass culture is going to be something that the U.S. is going to have to adapt.
8: Oh, yeah. And I've, I honestly, like, I think I read on a website or I saw somewhere, like, it was, like, a fashion statement. Like, some designers, like, even before this all this hit, like, a few years ago, some designers were letting out, like, the dazzled ones or, like, designer ones. And, I, you know, I didn't even think much of it. So, when I saw something like that, I'm, I didn't even think about allergies. I didn't even think about um COVID nineteen SARS, like the old SARS, the old school mm-hmm. SARS. Now we have this new school SARS that we're dealing with. Um I didn't think about even factoring the two of those, so that is a very good point. Um I don't know. I will I will say I have heard um I recently had individuals that I'd heard have come back from that part of the world And, um, right when this all hit and I asked how it was, they actually came back in in 95 masks. So I'm told, um, but I was told that because China is a communist country, the government was able to go in and kind of like order all the factories to stop all their production of every other item and order them to make masks, just turn them out. Mm -hmm. So some individuals were saying like, Oh, they should do it in the States. But I'm like, I don't know how legal that is. I don't know how much interfering with our capitalism that is. And I don't know, like, if you don't have the resources to make the mask, like, what do you
0: do? Yeah. Well, apparently there's there was a and I'm not a historian and I don't know the exact uh, term for this, but there is actually a law in place. uh, that The president can execute uh, or, or, you know, um, basically Mm -hmm. sign or that orders um, private companies to make things that are I think it was primarily done during a war. I think it was might have been World War Two. Um, to make certain things but i think there is a particular piece of legislation that allows uh the president or the executive branch to order that um to direct that and you know i i I think i mean i think we need more masks i I do see that we we are getting them like i'm hearing both private companies i'm hearing that people are shipping Mm -hmm. them from all over and that we're getting masks but uh now i'm thinking about okay if we need if healthcare needs masks, you know, um, mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of them. Plus, we had 300 million, uh, 350 million people that all mm-hmm. also need a mask, you know. So, how is that going to start to work? I mean, I, I don't oh, know, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, it's crazy.
8: Yeah. What have people been saying in, about the reusable masks? Because I see like people online, like Joanne Fabrics is promoting this, like, Make a reusable mask, this and that. And from my training, and what I've always told, like in the hospital or inpatient or what have you, you're supposed to change your mask like every X amount of hours or what have you. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, what is this? And I haven't um, researched up on it because I've kind of gotten like mixed reviews. So what is what are what is the public saying, or what are the healthcare professionals saying about reusable masks made of cloth or other material?
0: I haven't seen. A- Anything that's substantial with data mm-hmm. behind it, but um, mm-hmm. just some comments I've seen on that Facebook group was that um, you know you, the reusable ones I think mostly are for they want to promote that out in the public, but they want the medical sure. ones uh, to be used in the healthcare space. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really seen any. But I, and then I'm also seeing how you know if you're not in healthcare, which is mostly what I'm concerned about. I, I think mm-hmm. at some point the people in healthcare are going to get the mask they need. Um, Mm -hmm. I think think that's going to come soon. I think we're just seeing like this weird point in time where uh, we're we're stuck between the the crazy increase in demand and then the the logistics it takes to get the mask to to like healthcare workers. I think we're in that period right now. Um, But in terms of the general public, some people are saying, well, if you wear the mask, you're putting yourself and you're asymptomatic, you're putting yourself more at risk for catching Mm -hmm. it if you don't have it because you're touching your face. Or something to do with, like, the heat. This is a – I don't know if this is a rumor or or legit, but someone was saying that because of the heat that's generated on your face, it potentially is, like, a a breeding ground potentially. Yes, that's my thoughts
8: exactly. Yes, exactly. And same with me. Like, if they tell me to wear it at work, like, to wear the same mask day in and day out, and it's supposed to help me not touch my face. Like, I feel like it is, like, a cesspool and a breeding ground for a moist, dark area around my mouth for – Other bacterial infections to kind of flourish. So, I don't know. It's all, everything is a gray area, don't you think, right now? It's all just a super massive, like, gray area. And we kind of are trying to filter it out.
0: I do. But what I also think, though, while, like, I don't care how much data is going to come out in terms of, Mm -hmm. like, theories about what people think about what a mask might do to your face, Mm -hmm. the reality is the Asian countries are doing really well right now in terms of if, if all the reporting is correct. It seems yeah. like the Asian countries are doing very well in stopping this. And yes. th- what I see was the result, what was the actions took taken to get there was extreme lockdowns mm-hmm. uh, and everyone wearing uh, extreme testing, extreme lockdowns. Everyone wears a mask.
6: OK.
0: So yeah. th- to me, that's like I feel like that's what we should start trying to look towards mm-hmm. if we want to you know because I, we're seeing people say oh my god there's no new cases in like mm-hmm. in in, in mm-hmm. areas of of china and all this stuff but we're not realizing what it probably took for them to get there oh so, yeah um, I don't and know. it's a significantly
8: yeah. bigger population it's like billions of people in one country as opposed to our like what less than 400 million yeah but exactly. i agree yeah. yeah and it's crazy and i think like we are like the country we are and we're used to our freedoms and people are like, well, you have to be on a lockdown. So we have a lot of repercussions of people saying, well, like, what do you mean? It's my civil liberty to like go out. And we're like, okay, we have yeah. to kind of take a step back and look at like, what is a public health crisis and what steps have to be taken. So I very much agree. Um, but circling back. I can't believe I'm saying that cause I just saw a meme that was like, can you imagine like what quarantine has taught me? Um, can you imagine like knowing your spouse for all these years and you find out that they're a circle back kind of <laughs> yeah, person? Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> saw that. like, I can't believe I said that. Um, but circling back, um I forgot uh, where I was going with this. Um, no, it's just, it's a lot. I mean, we are on the front lines of it. So I think like, again, back to the paranoia, that's what I was going to say. We are seeing a lot of people get scared and we, I think, What has taken its toll on me personally is I was fine. Like in the beginning of it, I was, you know, I'm like, I, one way or another, I'm going to be exposed in some way to the flu, to a cold, to COVID, like some way Mm -hmm. potentially. So seeing all this, these people be scared, seeing all this paranoia, seeing all of it go down, that's where it's kind of like getting to us. I feel like in the pharmacy world where we're just like. I don't know, like we're kind of just hanging in there and, you know, like regardless, like even if they close up shop and close up everything, like we are still, we still go to work. We're still handling things. So I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's scary, but I I hope that, you know, we just realize that we can only control what we can control. Um, Yes. I I think it's a time to just make sure we're doing what we feel is right, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, without obviously going to doing extreme measures that put your job at risk you know like yeah um, yeah, like some people have, have already previously said that they've put their potential job at risk because they did certain things that just um, uh, got you know was they their corporate caught wind of or their district manager caught wind of and put their job at risk but i think in terms mm-hmm. of actions to take within the pharmacy to protect yourself and protect your patients um, i think it's a time to just kind of do that and then just kind of ask for forgiveness later um, oh yeah. And then, oh yeah. Um, but uh, thank you so much for your time and, uh, and your yeah. insights. I appreciate it. Uh, with continuing sure. kind of the stories on here, any anything else, any lasting uh, words you want to leave the listeners with?
4: Um,
8: everyone, like, hang on. Like, I will say everyone has been so appreciative, like all all the shout outs, like I see on social media from people I know, I have noticed a lot of people saying thank you more often. And like, it sounds lame, but it means so much. Like everyone is thinking of us. Everyone is cheering us on. And like it me, and usually people kind of like look at us like we're just a regular retail worker or something like that. But people now I've noticed are being a lot nicer and are caring and are so appreciative, and that means more than anyone knows right now. Because a lot of a lot of it's kind of like keep on keeping on, but it's a lot easier and a lot I would a lot more comforting when you know that people are actually on your side. It's sad that it took tragedy and it's sad that it took a public health crisis for people to realize we are doing like what we can for the greater good. We are taking care of these people every day. We're not just like a stop, like a one-stop shop for, you know, convenience goods. Like we have your lives in our hands and now more than ever. We're doing what we can. So I will say it is comforting. And I'm, i now more than ever. I feel like I am appreciative of the career path that I chose and why I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: Oof. That last one. I, I that, yeah. that one. Yeah. I felt it hits that. You. It hits you. You felt that? That's what <laughs> I I'm here that. for, man.
8: That's what I'm here for. Well, again, what I'm here for. thank
0: you so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, guys. Well.
8: Thank you. Thank you, sir. Take care. Take care. Bye. Okay,
0: bye. Uh, I'm so glad she ended it that way. Um, I, I really did feel that last comment about kind of you know the decisions we've made in our careers and just kind of being where we're at now to be be in a position to have a a a, a one of the most important impacts on in healthcare and on society during this crisis. I mean, it's crazy. Let's get to, I think I got two more calls lined up. So uh, thank you everyone that's kind of stuck through this. I think it's uh, just amazing to kind of hear these stories again um, and just realize that we're all not alone kind of going through this. All right, let's get to the next call. somebody sent me their number but they're not picking up i'm gonna leave a message probably hopefully they have a voicemail
2: please leave your message for
0: hey this is richard with rx radio you put your phone number in my my dms but i called you to pick up so uh, hopefully we catch you next time though take care be safe All right, left a uh left a little message there. Hopefully they will enjoy that when they see it or hear it. All right, let's go to the next call. This should be the last one. Hopefully they pick up this time. Hey, Rich. Neil, how's it going, man?
7: Very good. Is this good audio or is this not any good?
0: No, I can hear you great, man. You are you are you are live.
7: Oh, right. Excellent. Hello, everybody.
0: Thank you, Neil, so <laughs> much for uh, coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, t- give the Probably. listeners a little bit of background about you, um, sure. about kind of what you're doing and your insights, thoughts and concerns about what's going on.
7: Uh, yeah, no problem. So I am, Neil you know, smaller. I have a practice in Woodstock, New York, small pharmacy practice, but we have a big supplement space. Uh, I have founder of supplement school and online education program to teach other pharmacists how to build a wellness practice. So I'm kind of knee deep, neck deep, I guess neck deep is probably better in uh, the supplement side of this COVID-19 thing. And I spend most of my day debunking all of the nonsense around the supplements and the potential cures that are being promoted by all these different charlatans out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, today, today alone, rich, like, I got, um, uh, you know, I get multiple messages from people like, what do you think about this? So tonic water is now being promoted by people because it contains quinine and quinine is a compound that's found in hydroxychloroquine. (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> so like literally multiple messages from people and I, like even somebody on the phone, we're trying to like scramble to, you know, cause we're shifting our model from walk-in to closed door delivery only curbside assistance. So we're scrambling and I'm trying to spend my time talking to somebody about how that's not even scientifically feasible, but then I get the source material and it's disgusting because these people are just putting out this misinformation to the world to try to get that attention and maybe get somebody in their mindset or in their camp or like even sell some products. And again, I sell supplements. So I could just cash in and just be like yeah here's all my zinc lozenges i've got the best zinc lozenges or yeah you need vitamin d for respiratory response you know like all of this kind of stuff that's going around but it's it's probably my perspective i think it's just better for us to lead here and and say listen no uh we need best science and none of the science supports any of this and in fact all of this is misinformation so besides the quinine thing vitamin d has been circulating a bit everybody wants vitamin d because there's a, a trial that says that you're more likely to have respiratory infections if you're vitamin d deficient so then people are conflating the results and saying okay well now you uh now you're you're if you take extra vitamin d you're going to have a stronger respiratory system and that's of course not true it's just saying you're gonna have a weaker one if your vitamin d levels are low so again just debunking all of this stuff and the vitamin c crap and it's just a lot to to kind of deal with and then try to run the pharmacy too you know
0: yeah, no, I can imagine. Well, j- jumping onto the running a pharmacy part really quick. Um, sure. A lot of pharmacies don't have drive-throughs, and they're you know they're seeing oh you know promote drive-through and promote delivery, but they, sometimes they don't have either of those. What has been yeah. the curbside logistics or look like for uh, for for your for your locations? So
7: I wrote an article recently on our blog WoodstockVitamins.com, the most recent coronavirus one, which is right at the top. And basically, I taught I taught my staff that everybody's a zombie and they have everything that they have has zombie juice (laughs) and we don't want any zombie juice inside of our sterile, uh, area. Right. Yeah. So, so, so it's helped them visualize it. So essentially what I did is I just took the stuff I remember from compounding where like you would, you know, if you would check in inventory, you would want to alcohol it first before you brought it into the the room and all of that kind of stuff. Right. So we locked the door, we put signage everywhere that says, call us and we'll deal with your nonsense. Uh, because most of it is nonsense. It's like an un- unnecessary stuff right now. Yeah, Not emergent.
0: <laughs> non-emergent
7: stuff is just what's going on i you know and I've, I've been swearing at people a lot that's my my niche in this this as I, like go to f home that kind of stuff so <laughs> anyway so so the 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 so we lock the door and then all of my staff are taking the quarantine thing very seriously so anybody that so anybody that's there they're they're normally hermits pretty much anyway but but they uh but their significant others aren't at work they're staying at home they're not going out shopping they're not doing everything so we have a very sterile environment on the inside Mm -hmm. in fact one of our cashiers is a uh, cashier part time at a grocery store, and I just laid her off. I said, "Listen, you got to take some time off. Get that, get that New York State money, that unemployment money, because I can't have you coming in. We're just going to reduce your hours, you know. Yeah. And our delivery guy, we consider him to have zombies, uh, zombie juice all over him too. So we actually meet him at the door. He's not allowed in because I can't vouch for where he's been." So because we're able to restrict the inside space so well, because we know where everybody is, we have pretty much normal activity inside. So we don't have to like wash our hands every 10 seconds and then let alcohol down the counter, which is really nice. So the only place that we do do that is at the door. So on the handle, on the lock. So we normally glove up. And then we open the door a crack and tell people to back up because I don't want their respiratory droplets on me, you know, and I say, you know, what do you need? And normally we'll grab their credit card. I'll alcohol down their credit card just to kind of decrease the zombie juice. And then we'll ring out the transaction. Of course, now we're waived uh, signatures are waived. So we'll just sign for them and then we'll put everything in a bag and then hand it to them and send them on their way. And that kind of workflow works really, really well. And of course our deliveries too. So we've reduced our hours because I don't need my staff out, dealing with this so much. Uh, And, you know, we're in Woodstock, New York. So most of our Traffic is tourist traffic, especially on the weekends. So there's no need for me to be there late afternoon anymore because we don't have people walking around the streets. Well, unfortunately, we do. We still have people walking around like morons. But um, but yeah, I mean, we're in New York, so this is going to hit us really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, upstate, not so much, but a lot of the people from New York, they evacuate up here. You know, most of them came up here. They have a second house in in Saugerties, Woodstock, Hudson, all of these different areas nearby us.
0: Wow, that's that's crazy. I mean, it sounds like you guys really have that, you know, airtight, for lack of better words, but like airtight in terms of what <laughs> what you're, uh, what's going on yeah. inside the pharmacy. So I think that's that's great. Um haven't had wrap yeah. plastic
7: around us yet at all. So you have not. <laughs> We have not wrapped plastic all around us yet. Gotcha. No, I've, I've seen those pictures. You know those dudes wrapping plastic around their 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 place, like that Seen in Naked Gun. Remember that? Yeah. Whatever.
0: <laughs> so um, I, you know, unfortunately, I was planning to have a full episode uh with you specifically uh, just to talk about mm-hmm. supplement school and a lot of the things that you're doing, um, which I do plan mm-hmm. to still have at some point. But um, mm-hmm. what else have you been kind of seeing out uh, you know, as a response to this in terms of whether it be supplement are just general op- general operations.
7: So the so again my most of my day is spent in the supplement side of things and trying to help people. What I've found though is that as an independent pharmacist uh, that's connected in the community, knows a lot of the doctors, the nurses, the players, you know. I, like the leadership role is increased and people actually look to me now for a lot of stuff. So what I've tried to do is like I was one of the early signalers. Like the I think it was the day after Italy's like we should have been planning three weeks ago. That's when I started my rhetoric that was very strong. Like we need to lock it down. I actually called the town and I said to the supervisor, I'm like, we got to lock down Woodstock now. We can't wait for Cuomo. We can't wait for our county executive. So what I've found is that I've been able to demonstrate the value of a pharmacist beyond just the pharmacy and in helping people understand the complexity of this, because that's what pharmacists do, right? We break stuff down for people, Uh, understand the complexity, the real nature of this, help them understand the numbers know that it's serious not to panic but then also then stop the nonsense so many people are calling me or, or walking around the streets looking for thermometers or they're looking for aloe and i'm like it's fun to do chemistry experiments and make little uh, crafts at home but that now's not the time you coming out of your house just to get this puts you at ex- exponential risk you know mm. versus just staying home you you don't need a thermometer if you're not exposed to the virus you know and and most of us would love to be home right now and quarantined, you know, and like it would just be nice to not have that, that added stress. So what I've been really seeing is like a lot of nonsensical stuff, people trying to do something. What I, I've been saying, it's like a false sense of security and an illusion of control is what people are looking for. And just like I always say with the supplement industry is that people look for a magic cure instead of doing what they need to do. So instead of just eating less garbage, they want a diet pill you know they want a special smoothie and just with COVID, it's it's the easy and the right thing to do is to stay home but they want a magic supplement or a magic treatment or a magic modality Mm. i mean even the elderberry thing has been the biggest one where it's like elderberry needs to be used because it's a flu thing and people want to take it to try to make themselves feel better and you know there's information circulating that potentially elderberry could exacerbate coronavirus. And the point is that we don't know. So everybody's trying and reaching for something and it all could be bad for them. It all could be good or it all most likely will do nothing. And we're spending money and energy and exposing ourselves to risk when we could just stay home. And so that's where I've spent most of my energy is like community service, trying to help the the town and uh, like line up uh, different, you know, charity type things. We did a big fundraiser. We raised, raised like 10. grand. It was really great. And then we did. Um, We did a lot of information every day. I try to put out something informative for the community. And then it's like myth busting and and squashing all the the BS. So that's how my so like my staff is doing the scripts, you know, and I'm out here like social media boy, you know, like just trying to address. And and I think that's an important role for us. I think a lot of people didn't, you know, a lot of communities don't have independent pharmacies anymore and didn't realize how how important they are. Yeah. You know, and so like our town has definitely refreshed that idea that, oh, Jesus, like this pharmacy isn't just a pharmacy. And and I've been bringing up a couple of times that pe- we're not getting paid. So I'm 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 risking, my, you know, exposure to my four young children by going out and I'm losing fifty dollars on a brand name prescription when I fill it. You yeah. know,
0: and I think, so, I think your point about uh, kind of, you know, being on social media in terms of the trustworthy professional that people are starting to look to. If you're listening to this, whether your social media account has 30 followers or friends and family or 150 friends and family on your Facebook or Instagram or whatever the case may be, like people are literally looking to you as a pharmacist um, without any sort of previous brand building that you may have done in the past. They're looking at you for direction right now because they feel like they're hearing so much different, like conflicting things um, depending on which news source they're watching. And I think we should all take action in terms of like being quote unquote social media boys and girls and going out there and giving people what we think is like evidence based or just comp- like makes way more sense than some theories that people are throwing out. I'm hearing you can't even find Tylenol right now in pharmacies because someone uh, in, in Europe, a uh, health official mentioned the whole ibuprofen thing. Now, someone that wants to actually go and use Tylenol for real can't get access to it. Um, because Mm -hmm. of that. So we need to be the ones to kind of, uh, be the voices of reason with like in times like this, because we're the ones that our communities are looking to.
7: And I think that's, I think you made a very distinct, uh, good distinction there. And this is how I've been telling people is that everybody's getting information, but that's not what they want because this is such an uncharted place we're in, they want direction. So stop with information and give them direction. Don't talk about what COVID is, but say, what should they be doing right now? And then again, when this stuff comes up about Plaquenil, do you understand how many people I've yelled at about Plaquenil? <laughs> again, I've been swearing. I've been swearing at people. Like we, ha- you know, a naturopath calls us, and she's a naturopath, and she, you know, she's normally like very soft on medicine, and she wants to use lots of supplements. But her, you know, her and her family now have a prescription for Plaquenil and azithromycin, and I'm like, I'm not giving it to you. I said I, I won't give this to you. This is ridiculous. It's based on weak data. It's 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 overblown. I can't even wipe my butt because there's no toilet paper, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and and we're and you want to now start that with Plaquenil. We're not going to do that. But what I, I tell people, when you know, because, again, I've got this sarcastic way about me. I'll say, but I'll be the first person to drive it to the hospital if they call and tell me that you need it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I need to reserve those. I, I got a thousand pills for my people that need it for lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and stuff like that. So so giving people information especially because the instinct is going to be to flock to and strip down the shelves based on all the new stuff that comes up. So like pretty much every day there's something new. So just kind of staying on top of it. Again, look at my stuff. Like so I'm on on facebook and instagram and stuff just follow what i'm saying and copy it i tell people in supplement school at the time you don't have to innovate by inventing you can just copy what i have and just make it in your voice and i'm not going to get mad at you i just want the information out
0: there, yeah you know now on, so, on that uh how can people connect with you in terms of uh whether they want to follow you on social media i think you also have a podcast too if you want to give a little bit of uh, information okay. as to what that is um but how, yeah, how else so- can people connect with you yeah, no problem. Thank
7: you. Um, so my name is uh, Dr. Neil Smoller. That's my website, drneilsmoller.com, N-E-A-L, and it's S-M-O-L-L-E-R.com. And then from there, it's got my links and everything. So Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, I think. I don't do Twitter. I should do Twitter. I'd
0: probably be really good. You do should Twitter do Twitter. Really Twitter's really my guys. favorite platform, man.
7: Really? Yeah, I get, I get, <laughs> talk, I
0: get so much interactions on there. I, most of my really? information comes from there. Yeah, man, Twitter's amazing. It's really, it's really uh under undervalued right now.
7: I hate Instagram that's I just can't stand Instagram <laughs> it's just like so dumb like taking pictures of like come on like the only reason you're famous on Instagram is because you're taking a video of you doing squats and the cameras like right at your booty like come on give me a break like yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna do booty squats for for likes but anyway um so then yeah, the other podcast is the big mouth pharmacist podcast
0: awesome well Neil I really do appreciate all your insight and, and you taking the time um out of your busy day to come on anything else that you want to leave the listeners with before I let you go I just think you you guys should
7: take the opportunity. Um, People need help. People need this direction. So take the opportunity to show them how valuable a pharmacist is in the community.
0: Neil, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. All right, everyone. Well, that wraps up this episode. I really hope you guys found some value in kind of hearing the stories and hearing the concerns um, and insights as to what's going on across the country and across the nation. Actually, we did get some, Uh, some insights from uh, a pharmacist in Iran, uh, a pharmacist in Canada. And, um, you know, I think I think it's just so interesting to hear about everything that's going on. Again, I hope you felt it was valuable. Let me know if you have any feedback. Um, I'm going to look to probably do this a couple more times, especially as uh, things get, uh, you know, um, probably I could only unfortunately assume as things start to get worse with uh, the rise in cases um, and try to see if I can get more information out Uh, through this platform. So be on the lookout. And if you want to be on the next show when I post it, just be sure to send your phone number um, so I can give you a call and uh, have a conversation about what's going on. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Please stay safe. Uh, Again, do what's right for yourself, for your staff, for your family and for your patients. Take care.